Welcome to Pulp Kitchen, to our first episode. Thanks for joining us. Because it's our first episode, though, we did forget to record an introduction, so that's what we're doing now. So we actually recorded our episode two days ago, mm -hmm. but we forgot to say who we were, yep. what the show is, introduce it, and say goodbye. So we're going to quickly do that now. <laughs> yeah. So the show is Pulp Kitchen. It's eating food and it's talking film. What have we missed in the past year? It's hanging out with each other, enjoying some good dinner, and seeing films together. Basically, every single Tuesday, George is going to come over, we're going to make some food, and then basically just talk about what we've seen that week, have a good time, There'll play a bit of the game. News, reviews, and always a game. Anyway, <laughs> I hope you enjoy the episode, and thank you for joining us again. James, it's cold. It is. It's autumn. It's over. What's, it's over. What's cooking? <gasps> fish tacos. Oh, I've never had fish tacos. Never had fish tacos. Colourful, yeah. zesty, yeah. punchy. I do worry about your energy levels when you come back from work, you know? <laughs> Fish tacos. I okay. thought it's our first one. Or yeah. something punchy, zesty. To remind me again, we got guacamole, homemade. We homemade got guac. Uh, Shop bought salsa, but that's fine. Yeah. We've got haddock. We've got red cabbage with orange zest, orange oh. juice, a bit of red wine vinegar, olive okay. oil, fish seasoned with cumin, paprika, pinch of cayenne. You've got fresh chili, fresh red onion in the guac with some coriander, lime zest, yeah. and the salsa. You'll have to ask MS who made it because I didn't make it. <laughs> All right, here goes. I'm gonna take a bite. I'm gonna yeah. just. I'm getting that orange zest mm. nicely. I was just thinking about the white lotus because mm. you finished it. You finished yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, finished it. What'd Loved you think? it. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. All the way through. All the way through. I thought towards the end it ran out of steam and I could predict what was gonna happen, but. I really liked that it was very rare that we have a limited series that yeah. starts and ends in, what was it, like six episodes, six. five episodes? Glorious. Complete story. I enjoyed it. And I don't have to like wait three years for the next season mm. and it's going to get worse. And it's going, oh, well, season three was very good. But yeah. I'm very refreshed that that was it and contained and I could enjoy it over the course of a week. One, the thing I want to really talk about and what I love about it is the theme tune. Mm. Did you not think the music? <laughs> And there's that horrible sexual, like, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. I'm so sorry, but there is. It's this really, like, yeah. primal, <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I watched it, I was running around the park, like, oh! <laughs> it is stressful. It's quite, like, it it's quite like anxiety inducing music. And they play it so much throughout mm. the, and it's got the, like, yeah. <laughs> but what I love about that, not only is it just a fat beat, and I will listen to it yeah. as a song on its own, yeah. like in the way I'll listen to like the succession sound uh, theme tune. Oh yeah, sure. But like that that White Lotus theme so accurately Distinctive, original. It's but it's so ac accurately distills what that show is, like mm. in, in a second. And I think that is such a, ra a rare thing. And obviously the more you watch a show, the more you associate that theme tune with the show. So mm. you're gonna think that. But I, I knew from that, because there's no cold opens in any of those episodes. That's why I find no. interesting. It goes straight into the title credits. And even in the first episode. That sets the tone every time. Yeah, and I thought, that perfect. I was like, that music, I know exactly what this show is doing. Mm. Isn't, that, isn't that great? That, that kind of skill? I think it's great. And then that it, it's sort of shots of that slightly tacky, but semi-premium hotel wallpaper. Mm. And there's little weird mm. things in the wallpaper. Yeah. You're like, what is that? Yeah. Uh, you know the whole storyline with, with his balls? And then you <laughs> see like the fruit that yeah. are clearly yeah, like, yeah, meant, yeah, to, yeah. meant to be balls. And then the sailors and that becomes a thing yeah. later. But like, yeah, we've obviously started with a negative, but overall. Overall, though, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, what I love is that it, it has, it's simultaneously 
quite deep and got like you know layers of uh, yeah. about social commentary about mm-hmm. like money and about colonialism from that yeah and there's things there but also on the same time it's a little bit trashy which yeah. i love yeah. it's a little bit like you know uh, riche, just um, like. G- G- jennifer coolidge just crying and crazy and somebody yeah. like you know shitting somewhere where they shouldn't and there's like debauchery yeah but i was like yeah that's that's a nice balance there it, it kind of what i thought i mentioned it earlier but what i thought was why it was so mesmerizing and gripping from the get-go is that you're presented with a load of characters who in a lot of ways are archetypes of so many different characters you know. And even in the very first scene, you can go, I know who that is yeah. and I know what, who that person is and where, what angle they're coming from. And the, the, I thought what was so successful about it is there is no villain, mm. but the, the horrible thing about it is that all of them are so horrifyingly familiar. Mm. And you go in with your own expectations of all of these people and you're like, I, I see tenets of yeah. those people in so many people I've met or encountered and I can just place... Oh, that's my phone going. And I can just place loads of different things of different people and i'm like oh it's just like really familiar in a horrible way and that's what made it so gripping i think that the i think what it captures about hospitality in particular yeah of course uh because really that there's so many like things happening but i feel like the central feud is is between jake lacy's character and armand the fantastic uh, uh, fantastic dynamic and that reminds me like what i think it captures about hospitality is it's almost like a chinese finger trap that hospitality, when it's running smoothly, mm. when it's going in the right direction, everything's it's as invisible. supposed to. It's, invi- it's invisible. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's perfect. It's beautiful. It's fine. Yeah. And then the second something doesn't go the way it's supposed to, the second something, uh, the booking of a room might be in question, yeah. or uh, something's not available, everything just stops and constricts, and you realize how artificial and weird, yeah. just weird this whole situation is. I mean, Armand is like, he, he's like a human being. Yeah. And you realize that, yeah, he's just standing there taking this shit he, he's so much of a of a he, he both in looks and in, and in presentation of a basil faulty of oh of yeah manic. like yeah he really had that wonderful like way of um even when he's like okay sir i'll get that right for you yeah. he, he had this wonderful way of being perfectly smiley and polite but you could see in his eyes yeah. he was screaming yeah <laughs> like, he yeah just absolutely despised them but you I, I think so many people have had you know whether you've been to a nice restaurant that's got a very heavy service or you've been to a hotel and you're just a little bit like this is I'm so very aware of how much I'm being pandered to. And if I met this person on the street, it's the most unnatural interaction. Yeah. But I actually don't think many TV shows or movies have played on that to yeah. that extent. But yeah, I got real Basil Fawlty vibes from him. Yeah, that's quite... He looks like, a bit but like... But like, we're like a black comedy, yeah. Basil Fawlty. Another thing I liked about it was how little some of the characters... You know, like, usually you expect a character to start one place and finish another. Mm. Even if the characters thought that they moved into a different position in life Mm. they didn't really i love that they actually didn't grow and what represents change or charity or understanding from one person's perspective is really actually on their terms you know there's this this gross idea of the ultra wealthy setting up their own foundations and Mm. giving money away on their terms it's like this organized version of trickle down and you know and and it's it's really not nice whereas like actually just giving money and not that it's all about money but this version of them coming to their own resolution of what was right because they managed to tackle the guy who was going to steal their jewelry or something and they they themselves are so happy and and rounded because of that but really you know they're actually in the same position they were before they started the show well basically like 
they they can't have any meaning in their experience unless they've like won at something. So yeah. they can't have a meaningful holiday unless they've conquered the jewel thief that comes in. Yes. Right? And mm. the, the one I, the, the storyline I found so so tragic and again something very unexplored is the power dynamic that Jennifer Coolidge and the masseuse had, oh, where it was yeah. like this this what was to Jennifer Coolidge this very empty promise of yeah I want to do this this and this, but to someone else is like a completely life changing idea. Yeah. And she wrote the whole business plan and but you could, and you could see that coming. Oh, the whole point. Away, just thought, yeah. this, this woman's going to crush this this masseuse. Yeah. And just, but but great. And and Mike White, what a what an interesting because you know he know he's in School of Rock, right? He's he is Mr. Schneebly. He's the original oh, Mr. Schneebly. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Not do he finish that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know he's written stuff in the past. Uh, and, hello, this is Mr. Uh, Schneebly. <laughs> hello, this is Mr. Schneebly. Yeah. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. S. <laughs> you know they're doing a second series. Yeah, because they're going to make characters. it an anthology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Milk so it. will be fine. Milk it till it's dry. <laughs> if but it's you, good. Yeah, but of course you can. You just like, we just get another bunch. We need to get another ensemble yeah. cast. Yeah. And we just put them into another famous locale. Would it be called the White? Yeah, it'd be called yeah, the White it's, Lotus. It's a yeah. brand of hotels. Yeah, yeah. Where okay. crazy shit happens. Yeah. But when I was talking about the theme tune just now, that's another 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 show that really got that mm. that really summed up really clearly was Loki actually. Mm. I mean, it's probably been a while since you watched it, right? But, been a while, but but uh, the I ticking mean, and the dun 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 dun. Yeah, no, because it, it is like do, 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 do. awful. <laughs> Don't quote me as that being the the Loki. Some some musical impressions yeah. will be better than others. You know, but it's like the. Awful, but but my point is, it, it's that really like science fiction. As soon yeah. as that theme tune comes on, you're like, this is nothing to do with Marvel. No, I'm thinking sci-fi. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, no, not even sci-fi. I'm just thinking science I'm, fiction. The the font of all the letters changing, yeah, like like variants. spliced variants yeah. and dimensions different and different versions of yeah. himself all merging to be one thing. I thought it was all it was all that good. That show had such a clear like identity, mm. which I. For, for a show about lots of different variants, it's really yeah. funny. Um, that show had such a clear identity and such a clear like vision. I really liked it, and I really liked because I get I liked One Division as well. Yeah, but One Division reverted into being like another Marvel type thing, right? With the showdown and the yeah. fight in the sky. But Loki was just like, no, we're going to have a bunch of talking at the end. It, it was essentially the architect scene from The Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, people have said this, but I, I think it's hard. People have also said that like, oh my god, that guy. Um, you know, what's Kang. he doing? Yeah, Kang. But what, what's he? I, I, I like Jonathan Majors as an actor, and I really, I actually really enjoyed what he was doing in that scene because mm. he was very weird. He, he understood more than we could have yeah, known. But right? he was like, but I'm like, no, I. He could, lots of people are like, oh, he's like an improv. He's like a theater kid yeah. who's just trying lots of different improvisations to make it sound. And I was like, no, no, no. This is someone who's been stuck on his own for, for like for like millennia. Yeah. Of course, he's got a bit kooky. <laughs> It'd be the most exciting thing to have yeah, two versions of the same person walk into exactly. a room and they're asking about what the time split dimension yeah. thing is. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned Doctor Who. Did you, did you used to watch Doctor Who? I did, yeah. I okay. watched it all the way until the end of Matt Smith and then I oh, think I got bored. Exactly the same. I yeah. think I watched one Peter Capaldi and I was like, this is changing in direction and I'm getting older. And, it, and nothing ever happens because it will go on forever. And that was my problem. I was well, like, I'm not just going to pay attention but to this, this forever. Is, this is what I thought about when I was watching Loki. And it's obviously hard to say this because Loki has the entire like disposal of Disney behind it. So, mm. it's, so I don't, it's hard to compare the two and say, well, this is what Doctor Who should do. But really, yeah. I think what hampers Doctor Who now in modern age is having each episode as like an isolated thing. Is that, that what it's doing at the moment? That's what it's always done. Oh, sure. No, but each, right, week, yeah. you know, each week is a different different problem. Okay, you might get the odd two-part and obviously they try and weave a storyline yeah. through. 
But look what happened with Loki. It it's was Monster of the Week, Doctor Who. Monster of the Week, exactly. Whereas, whereas Loki is one continuous story yeah. played out across six episodes. And I think Doctor Who would be much wiser to, to double down on one concept. This is the season. And really invest in it and really get people into that world. Because otherwise, I, I, the problem I've had with Doctor Who is it feels quite disposable. Yeah. Because I don't know why I should tune in. And also, it's actually almost a, a, a commercial point. Those creatures are only going to be designed so well because they've only been allocated so much time to design it because they're only going to be in it for one episode. There are only so many times I can be like, oh, the Daleks again. Yeah, the Daleks. Yeah, they yeah. should go, okay, we've got uh, Peter Capaldi for three, four seasons. Yeah. Let's write a treatment that is that long yeah. that will take his arc, yeah. that doesn't end it so we can't yeah. take it on into the next it's it's not like people are, don't want that no that's exactly what we're used to the long stories that weave in and out of each other yeah we don't need the, it's too bitty otherwise mm. so i really uh, that's what struck me i was like this is what doctor who needs to do obviously it'd be great if it had the same budget and the same resource i understand that's hard but actually if you wrote it less is more we, we've just been spoiled by the likes of star wars and marvel where Characters are written over decades, not films and years. And we're now getting to this point where other people are giving this much more thought. It may be very much a design by committee, but we look over the fence and go, well, they've got this thing that's lasting through all these years and they're all connected. And that thing I saw reverts back to that thing I saw five years ago. And isn't it nice that I remember that? That is spoiling a lot of the very, like, more just less intense versions of storytelling. And we're sort of like, well, why can't you do that? When Joker came out, I think it was Robbie Collin from The Telegraph mm. who posed a question to Joaquin Phoenix and said, do you not find it interesting or a problem? Mm. I'm para-quoting here. I might, I might get this wrong. Do you not find it interesting or a problem that the only way people take a serious film seriously is if it's somehow connected to a wider, uh, uh, some um, already established IP, mm. some already established story. So like take Joker, which is really like trying to go out on its own, really trying to be its own identity. Yeah. But the only way you could sell an audience on that is because it's about the Joker. Potentially, yeah. Did, did Joaquin Felix not take that well? Yeah, I think he said something like, I don't know, I don't even know how to oh, answer man. that. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't do a wacky interview. He'd be a nightmare to interview. Like, I just don't really know what he wants. First, he hates being interviewed. Like, yeah. I can't even imagine yeah. what he'd want to hear. So does Adam Driver. Adam Driver doesn't like... I, I don't even know how whoa, to answer that um, question. Yeah, whoa, whoa, I started in the, the great. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, um, but uh, if you do Ray, if you do uh, Adam Driver too much, you sound like Ray Romano. Oh, Ray Romano. Yeah, well, I wanted to get in the, the car. Yeah. I had to get the car part. Uh. Yeah. Um, Adam Driver, like, he doesn't like hearing... He could ever, like, be in an interview and they play a clip of his performance. He doesn't like to doesn't hear it. Because I think that happened once on a radio show and they played it to him and didn't I, like... I don't want to hear it. I yeah, don't want to see it. Left. Go, go away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was so Ray Romano. It's so hard because also Adam Driver is, like, one of the greatest actors of our it's generation. Yeah. And I, I feel so bad doing that. I hope this doesn't tarnish my opportunities of ever meeting him because that was really on the cards you're gonna meet him soon yeah, yeah. he said that adam <laughs> yeah. george we've got some news to talk about um i wanted to just throw some things at you because uh, a lot has happened since we last decided we were going to talk about any of this kind of thing um and it's talking about this is all spontaneous this is all spontaneous um there's been a bit of drama i don't know if you know about the drama um and i don't mean like there's been a drama on tv the drama <laughs> so christopher Nolan. Great British film. Oh, yeah. So now it's what his next film is going to be. Uh, I did, right. This passed me by. You've not seen it. Okay. Well, you've not seen the film. I'm worried. Um, so he, you know, he's fallen out with Warner Brothers, who have been his publishers for a while. Why is Publishers, that? distributors. Um, because they had a big deal about 
wanting to release Warner Brothers had wanting to release all their films day and date on HBO Max. Right. And Nolan wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. So he is now partnered with Universal. So wait, can I just is he is he saying I'm sure it is. Yeah. that he doesn't want it to be released day and day because he believes the films belong on the big screen. Probably. Do not belong. I don't I don't have an exact quote, but I can imagine that. Did you not very call much him before we did <laughs> yeah, this feature? I didn't text him and go, what was that? Give me give me the scoop. Go. But yeah, WB's decision to release movies day and date in theaters and HBO Max. Nolan and a couple of other filmmakers very publicly were like I don't want to do And they're going to release them at the same time on both platforms. And I imagine there not was Not even a, a window, not even a theatrical window. I'm not sure. I think day, I think day and date at the same time. Crikey. And from what I've heard, there were issues over the release of Tenet in this last year. Right. Known and probably insisting, like, I've gone through the pain of shooting this thing on 70 mil. Yeah. I want to put it out in cinema. And WB probably like, we're just burning money not releasing it. So that was probably an issue. Apparently... I like this. Nolan is targeting a smaller $100 million budget for his next film. Oh, is that nice? An indie film. <laughs> an indie film. Consider, I mean, I'd say probably his other films are like 200, 250 yeah, mil yeah. before marketing. Um, and he's apparently considered that smaller scale compared to his other projects. But um, apparently Nolan requested, so he shopped around to all the distributors. So HBO, Apple, all of them. And apparently his, his demands were an equal marketing budget, right? As well as total creative control, 20% of first dollar gross, and a blackout period from which the studio would not re release another movie three weeks before or three weeks after. And then he wanted a 100-day theatrical window, for example, or a bit of context, Shang-Chi that just came up for Marvel had a 45-day theatrical window. So it's like, who wants to bat Nolan in, in the cinema full on? Wow. But I'd say if anyone can get bums on seats in the cinema, it's probably Nolan. Um, but yeah, the film, World War II, and it's about J. Robert Oppenheimer, who is the guy, a key figure in the Manhattan Project, yeah. called the father of the atomic bomb. Yeah. Does that do anything for you? Uh, Nolan, big. Atomic bombs, big. <laughs> atomic explosions, even bigger. Killian Murphy apparently tipped to play Oppenheimer, who's worked with quite a few times before. Interesting. Yeah. That's okay. what Oppenheimer looks like. I don't think I've ever seen him depicted. No. <laughs> I imagine he looks like a giant A-bomb. Yeah. But the fact that it's historical, I... I yeah, great. I, I'm interested more in Nolan telling a story that doesn't have the weight of re-explaining to me a new concept of yeah. time and space. Well, that's why I didn't like Tenet that much because he was trying to you know, construct something new out of a really difficult, uh, you know, uh, yeah. a, 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 not thermodynamic, what's it, a, 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 a quantum physics theory. I'm like, no, like Dunkirk. Dunkirk is one of his grasp. best because it's like grounded in a factual but reality. Even Dunkirk, even Dunkirk is told in three points in time, yeah, in know, three different I know, times. I know. And it's like you kind, of, you kind of understand it as it unfolds. We should say for the record that what article is that from? It's a mixture of Hollywood Reporter and IGN. Just but I think the Hollywood Reporter were the ones that who reported on that. Well, you know, okay, so he's gone to Universal and he's going to be making a $100 million movie about... A uh, budget. A 100, <laughs> 100, 100, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, about... Um, <laughs> Apple apparently couldn't meet his demands either. I bought, uh, yeah, because I because they were like, Control. okay, it's going to be set in the 40s, but he has to use an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. And, and he discovers the atomic bomb on his new iPad. Yeah. <laughs> it just works. <laughs> I can imagine also Nolan on the calls just sort of saying, no, we actually think the theatrical window should be uh, shorter and, yeah. and, and less... Uh, <laughs> that was great. No, it's not. I know. I know. I was going nowhere with that. In, I, no I hope, because I think Nolan does have an ability to tell a really heartfelt compelling narrative that doesn't have to reinvent yeah. physics as yeah. we know it and yeah. I, 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 I mean who knows he could be doing something completely different we don't even know if, I, I don't even know if it's like 100% confirmed but I'm interested <laughs> to see him do something yeah 
I don't want to say like smaller scale because atomic bomb sounds big, but smaller scale on paper. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Let's, let's, uh, you know what? Let's, good luck to him on this little indie yeah. film. When's that coming out? Anticipated. Uh, I, I didn't, I, again, he didn't text me back. So. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> the last thing on there was that Matrix trailer. Oh, yeah. The Matrix. The Matrix trailer. I, what did you think of it? Look, Matrix 1. Matrix, obviously. One. The Matrix, great, love that. The Wonderful. only Matrix. The other two Matrixes. Uh, 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 Matrixes. The Matrix, the Matrix, the Matrix. The other Matrix. The Matrixes. Matrixes. The other Matrixes. The second, third one is a bit like when you like go to like a massive exhibition. You've seen the main event, and they're like, you can go out the. Give, that's the exit there. Yeah. If you have time, you can also walk around these two other bits, and that's yeah. what watching the Matrix is like. like. You've watched the main film. If you really, interested. if you're really interested, if you've got time and no brain cells, you can enjoy walking around the other two bits. It's like the old Star Wars books from the 80s and 90s. Yeah, sure, it's there if you want them. <laughs> yeah. it, they're, they're they're cosmetic. They're just there. It had an interesting look to well, it. But what? Well, yeah, but. Yeah, I think uh, this could go either way because it looks very CGI mm. and like Neo's looks like very superhero-y. Yeah, you know? very, very John Wick. And, and the hand, yeah. you're thinking, well, The Matrix is all about the hand-to-hand fights. I mean, obviously there was CGI and we know the, the bullet time and thing. But, but it like, always had a very grainy tactile yeah. feel to it, even though it was set in a digital yeah. space. Because um, it had to be, you had to believe that the people in this, in that world believed in that world that is reality uh, you know you, the greenish concrete and it felt like if you zoomed into it it would be pixels yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. especially in the matrix obviously yeah, it felt yeah. like it lower was, than and, and the real DPI. the real world was gritty dusty dirty yeah. grimy yeah. slime but this is really fresh but but i'm thinking okay so what are they doing here are they trying to say that that whole first series of films was its own simulation that's what I'm thinking. He's thinking he's woken up now, That's and this he, now he's in the real world. Mm. But well, at the end say, of three, the world they rebuilt the Matrix. No, but they? this is. That's going to be. Just, that's all a simulation. Even the real world within the original Matrix is going to be a simulation. And now he's going to be awake in our world, and he's going to be like, "Oh, I had this weird dream about the yeah. Matrix where I was fighting for the revolution." And then it's going to be, "Yeah, yeah, that was a simulation." And then he's going to realize, "No, he's in another level of the simulation." Jesus. That's what that, I, I think. That's what they, they're going to go with it. I, honestly, looking yeah. at that trailer, I was like, "That's where they're going with this." They're that's saying okay. there's layers upon layers. And what about the fact that Morpheus is in it, but, but recast? I, I can't even. Yeah. Again, it could be a different dimension. I, th- I thought it was interesting that they've done. They were sort of having a go at people being living through their phones, yeah. it, like living in fake worlds. Yeah. I, I think what's great about Matrix One is it only became more relevant yeah. as the years went by. Yeah. We've become more digital. We've yeah. become more lost in. Yeah. I don't think they ever captured what social media was, or no, like no. the. It didn't. Really exist in 1999 but no, <laughs> no obviously not um, do you remember dial up yeah <laughs> bebo yeah um yeah i think the fact that it leads into that and the matrix is more relevant is really exciting but yeah i hope i hope it's good i looked at some of it i was like this doesn't look like the matrix really but it's got the characters i like in it yeah i hope that's a distinctive choice there's to make it look different it, you know what it is maybe they can't make it it's really same. on the wire because mm. some of it looks quite generic, but mm. some of it looks very matrixy. Cheap. They could, if they got this right, you're, everything you said about technology and the, 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 the how present technology is in our lives, they could get it. If they could get it right, it'd be so good. Mm. I would be like, oh, that's so brilliant. Of course we need the Matrix right now. We need yeah. the Matrix right now. Or they'll get it so years. wrong and we'll be like, it's tw- these, these films are 20 years ago, stop. We don't need to see these old guys. Because conversely, I saw a trailer the other day for Morbius. Yeah, with Jared Leto. Yeah, yeah. yeah but... This trailer came out in January 2020. Yeah, I I, I didn't see it at the time. I didn't heard. I didn't. I, I'd heard they it's were vaporware. making. 
they were making a film about Jared Leto being a vampire. I didn't realize they made it. And it's a very dark film. So you're like, what am I seeing? It's a very dark trailer. And, it, and, and that's coming out in January and it doesn't look very good, really? which is usually means if coming out in January, big stinker. stinker. That's the dumping ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it. And it, and it Unless looks... it's an Oscar nominee. No. <laughs> Jared Leto yeah. in Morbius. Morbius. <laughs> Isn't it weird how shows, especially I feel like the Disney Plus shows, are, can just kind of exist and you watch them anyway? Like there's so much comfort yeah. food on there. I just yeah. like the Marvel Star Wars thing. But I, I find myself on a hangover leaning towards Disney Plus for the easy comfort view. I think. Because it's nothing I that intense. Is, I think the tide is turning. You think so? What for Disney Plus to take over Netflix? I've people recently. They've just been like, yeah, actually, mm. I haven't watched anything on Netflix in a while, but I'm it's watching those on Disney Plus. It's definitely a chunk of that market share has, has gone allocated. I think Apple is not competing with Netflix. I think they're competing with HBO. Right. They are going for, this is premium content. Right. This is, you pay a monthly fee for the best mm. TV shows. I think that they're going after HBO. Netflix and Disney Plus are definitely going on, are definitely competing and with each other. What about Prime? Prime? Prime is always going to be okay because it's like um, subsidized by the whole machinery of Amazon. Like I think until Prime really sep like completely redoes its UI oh, and, God, and yeah, makes yeah, a new carousel, a new yeah. website that's just separate from... I don't have to go on like through Amazon to try and find... I know you can save a link on yeah. Prime Video, but there's nothing inviting about searching for content on Amazon no. Prime. I'm always trying to find... Unless it's like just come out and they're promoting yeah. it like when Clarkson's Farm came out it was on a banner but every time I find yeah. content on Amazon Prime yeah, it's, it's really just hard. really bad what annoys me is actually and they're, they're Amazon yeah and it's at their disservice there have been so many times when I've been bored and scrolling through and I've eventually found loads of great stuff and I'm like yeah. why the you're not promoting this stuff. And you'd think Amazon Prime, who have literally finessed to the finest detail shopping online yeah. and like directing attention yeah. and finding what you want. Yeah. You'd think they'd have gone, well, surely we just apply that yeah. to our TV. No. There, yeah, there's some really there's some really great stuff on Amazon Prime, but I'm never like, I'll have to be a show that brings me there, not what am I wanting to watch like you would flick through on Netflix or, yeah. or the others. All right, last one to finish up. Ready? Yeah. Big Little Lies version. We're going to do Reese Witherspoon, mm -hmm. Nicole Kidman, mm -hmm. Laura Dern. Ooh, okay, okay. Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Laura Dern. I think I would put, even though she's not as much of a bankable star, I think I'd be tempted to put Laura Dern in my movie. I think I would bring Reese Witherspoon home for Christmas Definitely. and I would go for dinner with the incredibly glamorous and probably brilliant Nicole Kidman. Yeah. I, I, would, I, would, I would actually flicker. I would mm -hmm. have definitely Reese Witherspoon over Christmas. Yep. Great, she can talk about books. She loves all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what a put down. Oh. Yeah. But I think I'd actually have did. I think I'd put Nicole Kidman in my film because she's more yeah, bankable star. Yeah, she'd be good. And Laura Dern, I think, has had a slight... Because she's been in lots of supporting roles. And she's mm. with directors like David Lynch and she's won that Oscar. I think I'd be interested in talking to her. What was your plan in The Last Jedi? <laughs> what were your character's intentions? I thought you were evil at one point, yeah. but you're not. So that's what I go for. When they said purple hair, did you did you yeah. give them a bit of I just went with that? it. I just <laughs> went with it. So this is our first time tonight doing a, doing a little episode. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, uh, you know, we're sitting down and having some food, mm -hmm. and it really got me thinking about, you know. Like you said earlier about who would be a great interview, who we could have dinner with. Mm. I've got my own version, my own film version yep. of Shag, Mary Kill. Yep. It's very specific. Here are the rules of the game. Mm -hmm. You have three, I'm going to name three actors for you, okay? Mm -hmm. 
you either have to cast them in your film. Yeah. Okay. You, you've got you've got the budget you want. You've yeah. got the scripts you want. Everything's going ahead. The studio's saying, James, we want you to make this film. And I'm happy but with my You're movie. happy with it. You're yeah. ready. You're, yeah, yeah. But you have to cast this Why person in the lead role. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Second one is you have to go for dinner with this person. Lovely. Let's go for dinner. Just that's it. You know, it's fine. So it doesn't necessarily, you no know, connotations. You're just going for dinner. Yeah. Three course. Anyway. <laughs> The final one is that you have to go, you have to take this person back home with you for Christmas with the family. Yeah. This person has to stay at your house with like your family. Three nights, go maybe. Through the whole, a, a week. A week, yeah, wow, yeah, okay. Full yeah. extended family coming over. Like 22nd to, to New Year's. Yeah, or like, the, full, yeah. The, full, the full course, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's topping and tailing in, yeah. your, in your bedroom from home. <laughs> okay, so let's start with the Jeffs. Oh, okay. Jeff, okay, okay. Jeff, so, so yeah. Jeff Bridges. Okay. Jeff Daniels. Okay. Jeff Goldblum. Oh, okay. So many different Jeffs. Okay. Wow. Right. Ooh, okay. So I would you've got to go for dinner with Jeff Goldblum, I think. Because mm-hmm. he is one of those guys that A, I think has a load of really cool stories. Mm-hmm. B, I think would be quite good to just sit back and listen to Jeff Goldblum talk. Mm-hmm. And I can just imagine that he's got like good knowledge of wine is going to have the food like oh can we order a few more of those i love your waitress you're so (laughs) charming let's get some hors (laughs) d'oeuvres should we get some more of them uh i think i'd take jeff goldblum for dinner yeah and then i've got jeff bridges and then jeff daniels i think you cast jeff bridges in your movie Mm -hmm. yeah and i think you take jeff daniels home for christmas you know what i i totally agree for for slightly different reasons i think I'd have dinner with Goldblum because he's interesting enough to go for dinner. And you're yeah. right, the whole spectacle is great. You, you, you wouldn't get bored ever. But I couldn't have him for Christmas in my family. He's too, he's too aloof. Too, too quirky. Yeah. Too much, no, no, too much in chaos. In as well. Um, too much chaos. Uh, I br- he'll bring something really weird. I, uh, I brought... No, that's uh, Adam Driver. Yeah. <laughs> I, I invited Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you here? Yeah. But um, similarly, though, with Jeff Bridges... I, I have a pickle to, with your son. <laughs> It really slagged me off. Wow, these turkey, it's lovely. Adam, come no, no. here. Jeff Goldblum would love Christmas. He'd turn up with a big jumper on. With really the big glass. Jumper, like, yeah. I'm ready to Christmas this up. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, think, I think Jeff Bridges like, had great career and stuff. I couldn't imagine being there for Christmas. Too, I could too no. often see, look over and see him talking to a relative and being like, <laughs> So cast him in the film because he's bankable. He's, he's good. He does his thing. Interesting. Jeff Daniels, great actor. I really mm, love Jeff really Daniels good. as an actor. Great um, in Steve Jobs. Great. What, just what, he's just so good. And I think, you know what? I will, I'll take him over Christmas because mm. I think he, he could be quite peaceful actually i'm sure he could just sit in the, i can imagine him sitting on the sofa talking easy to energy people, easy easy energy and i think he's got a good sense of humor for when there's good funny chat around jeff exactly. daniels is going to be able to keep up with the rest of them right next one love that i love the jeffs all right are the rest of them uh, organized by name some of them are oh some great. of them are not yeah all right uh let's do all right let's do another name one mm-hmm. the chris's chris's yeah Except Pratt, not Pratt. He's not on here. He's like, I only have three. I only have three seats, and Chris was Chris Pratt wasn't invited. Yeah, of course. Chris Evans, yeah. Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pine. I'm going to cast Chris Evans in my movie. Got it. Because I think Chris Evans is incredibly underrated, and I think he's really good. Mm. And I would love to see him 
be in my movie, which is apparently a really deep drama. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd love to see. I like. I'd like to see Chris Evans do more. I'm sure he's fine for dinner and fine. I actually think he'd be great with the mums, Chris mm. Evans. Um, but no, I think I'd like to cast him in my movie because I believe in him, mm. and I think I'd give him. I'd give him a chance. And then that leaves me with Hems- Hemsworth and Pine. Yeah. I'm gonna take Pine to dinner because he's beautiful. Yeah. And I can yeah. pretend to be Wonder Woman for that yeah. evening. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Hello, he... Chris. Yeah, hello, Steve. <laughs> yeah. I think Chris under a candlelit dinner. Pine yeah. I can't yeah. Chris. Pine under His a candlelit eyes. dinner yeah. would be quite beautiful. I think he'd be it'd be romantic. And then Hemsworth at Christmas. Hemsworth at Christmas. He'd be, he'd great, be great. Who doesn't love Hemsworth? I've got your kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be, yeah, he'd be, he'd be hanging said, stuff up, yeah, yeah. like hanging stuff out of the oven. Yeah, like, he'd be yeah. Doing it. yeah, he'd be loving it. Yeah. He'd be great. For, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I think Hemsworth, I'd do that. fun Christmas. Chris dinner, dinner with Chris Pine. Pine? No, nothing against the acting chops of Hemsworth or Pine, but no. I actually just immediately went, yeah, I want, I want Evans in my movie. Evans is probably the strongest, like, leading man. A classically looking leading yeah. man. He's like an American James Bond. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's do Jennifer's. Oh, Jennifer's, yeah. Loads Jennifer loads. Lawrence. Okay. Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Jennifer Garner. Ooh, okay, right. Just to be interesting, I'm going to put Lopez in my movie because, yeah. I, again, I think she's underrated and right. I'm going to have a movie with Jennifer Lopez in yeah. it. Um, she's great in Made in Manhattan <laughs> with Ray Fiennes and she's good in um, the stripper film. What was that called? Brilliant. Weldon James. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember. Be more of a man. It was, uh, was it like Hustlers or something? It was called Hustlers. Hustlers. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you never seen Out of Sight? No. Oh, Out of Sight is a great film. It's a Steven yeah. Soderbergh film. It, it, he, he made it just before. With Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez and George Clooney. Okay. Oh, mate, so Should good. Should I watch it? When did it come out? 1998. Oh, okay. He made ago. it before, it might be 97, he made it before Ocean's Eleven, but it's got okay. the same kind of like panache. Yeah. Steven Soderbergh. And George Clooney plays a, a, a felon, a criminal. And Jennifer Lopez is a FBI agent and they oh. are cat and mouse, but they also have a really strong sexual... Of course, they do. of course they but do. But it works. Like it works. Outside is one of the like f- few films you watch and you're like, this is genuinely sexy. This yeah. is genuinely exuding, like not in a sleazy way, not in like a leery way, but like, oh, this sexual tension between these two characters is yeah. fucking there. Wow. And uh, 98, okay. Yeah, out of sight. Really good out film. Out of sight. So I agree. Okay, so you put Jennifer Lopez in your film. I put right? Lopez okay. in my film, even though I think in a lot of ways Lawrence is an incredibly bankable star. I know she's had some time off. Um, I actually think. I know she just had time off, but just towards the end when she was doing Passengers, I got a bit sick of seeing her in everything because she was doing X-Men, Hunger Games, just all of them. She was a bit everywhere. Even though I thought she she was good in it, I was a bit abdominal. So I'm glad she's taken some time off. Um, I would take Garner home for Christmas. She's the kind of person Lovely, you want to bring yeah. home to show your mum. She's very girl next door. I think she'd be incredibly polite and respectful. Yeah. Um, I've seen interviews with her. And she always seems really lovely. She seems like a really they lovely They all seem woman. nice, just for the record. They all, they're all lovely. I, I'd be happy. I'd be, I'd be, who am I to say yeah. no to any of those Yeah, Jennifers? yeah. They're, they're all welcome. Yeah. They want to come. They, all, all they can all Christmas, come. Yeah. I'll ask Lawrence at dinner if she wants yeah. to come. <laughs> and yeah, I'd go for dinner with Lawrence because, you know, I'm uh, I'm only human and I think it would be... <laughs> I, think it would be I think she does some really interesting stories. Interesting story. And about, I, would, I want to hear about her career. She's worked some, on some really big projects. Yeah. It would just be cool to hear about what that's like. Also, she'd be a laugh. We and know she, she'd be a laugh. She's good crack. She's, she's good be, crack. She'd be good laugh. Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grin, Ooh. and Emma Watson. Wow. Okay. Shall I tell you what I would do? Yeah, go on. What would you do? Cast Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Because he's the same. biggest name. Um, I like him. I'd happily have him for dinner and good go for Christmas with him. But 
if you need to launch this film, he needs to be in it. Rupert Green, go for dinner mm-hmm. because, um, you know, he hasn't had the most successful career out of the others, but I bet he's got loads. Of, uh, over the course of a dinner, I could have plenty of interesting conversation with him. He's got yeah. loads of stories to tell. Great, that's fine. Probably just quite and chill then, out. He's a, he's Emma Watson, guy. of course, of course you want to bring Emma Watson home to your family. Yeah. Like, oh, great she is. She's talking at the UN. She's doing all these things. She's great. And she has acting stories in the Grandma, background. Grandma, meet Emma yeah, Watson. Emma Watson, you know, even if she swung in just for an afternoon, yeah. she, she, she's welcome. So yeah, I think I would do the same. Yeah. I think I, I think Daniel Radcliffe's good. He always does interesting projects. My project is of course really interesting course, that I'm doing. Yeah. Is it about um, Oppenheimer? It's about, <laughs> it's about it's about J. Robert Oppenheimer. Um, yeah, I, I think at the same time I'd be tempted to take Daniel Radcliffe for dinner. Oh yeah. I think if I was to switch him so around, you'd cast Rupert Grint in your major movie. Maybe you're going to relaunch his career. Maybe I could. Not that yeah. he needs a career relaunching, but like, what's he been in? Yeah, I think Daniel Radcliffe would also be an interesting one to have for dinner, yeah. but I don't think Daniel Radcliffe would necessarily want to go for dinner with me. Not that I think Jennifer Lawrence does. <laughs> <laughs> the other people I've mentioned But in this instance, they all do. In this yeah. instance, they've got a free, and they go to a nice, you know, it's just it's just happening for you. This is nice because it's such a will never happen in a million year scenario, yeah. but it's just lovely to be there like, is more what chance, if I James, did, yeah. of you making a hundred million dollar movie <laughs> yeah. than there is of you going <laughs> yeah. for dinner with Jennifer Lawrence, okay? I'm sorry, I'm sorry to this say. This time next, yeah, I'm gonna send you a selfie of me and Jay Law at dinner. <laughs> I've made it.